as a teacher, I hated other teachers that would use external, you know, motivation things like, you know, even grades. I hate grades, grades or rewards or ice cream parties, right? Gold stars, candy bars, whatever you want to call them. And when we look at the word motivate, it comes from the Latin word movere, which means to move. And nothing truly makes you move outside of yourself. It's an internal decision. And so as a leader, as a parent, as any mentor relationship that we have with someone who has trusted us to guide them, we have to help them identify what it is that brings life and grounds them like an oak is grounded with their taproot. We have to figure out what that is. And the degree to which we can do so is the degree to which we can move people because they're moving themselves internally and then they create the external rewards. Welcome to the Real Estate Law Podcast. Thanks again for listening to another episode. Jason Muth here from Straightforward Short-Term Rentals. Our attorney broker expert, Rory Gill, is here in front of a brick background. This is the first time I've seen you in that room. This is the first time I've shot it from this particular office. These days, I tend to be taking on a wider territory, so I'm all over the place these days, which is exciting. But what also is exciting is today's conversation. If you are a real estate agent or if you're working in the space, I mean, you really need to reflect on what you need to be doing to move your business forward. Listen to this episode. This one's for you. Yeah. Well, listen to all episodes, but this one specifically, because you know the real estate world's a lot different today than even 12 months ago, definitely more than 24 months ago. It changes every single month. Sometimes people feel empowered or discouraged, wherever your mindset is on that spectrum. We have an expert on here who we're really happy to welcome onto the podcast and talk about mindset and coaches real estate agents across the country. He's an author. He has a lot to say about you know how you should approach your business today uh, and how you might need to change your mindset from how you were approaching your business back when things might have been a little bit easier. So with that, we'd like to welcome Andrew Anderson onto the podcast. Andrew, welcome. Thank you. It's wonderful to be with you, Jason, Rory. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you to the listeners. You're uh, taking time, energy, and giving some attention. And I promise we will deliver. Yeah. If you're watching this on YouTube, I am the least dressed of the three of us. Look at that. People, two handsome guys with jackets on. Rory's got the tie. Andrew's looking all spiffy. Andrew, where are you? Where do you, where are you coming from? I live in Boise, Idaho. It's the most terrible place to live in the country. And there is no vacancy. And I'm sorry that you won't get to enjoy this awful place that I live. Well, this hotels, you know, we can rent an Airbnb or come out to Marriott or something. Um, but talk about a transformational real estate market, Idaho. I mean, many of the markets there, you you live it. Like what's been happening out there that, you know, was it a surprise when things went crazy during the pandemic? No, uh, it's never been a surprise because I have, was born and raised here and I've known how good it is. And uh, people, you know, want to live the great American dream and uh, have awesome support and values for themselves and their families, then this is the place to come with the seasons, and uh, we uh, we've been very blessed to see the you know the growth in the real estate market. And uh, as much as we complain about people moving here, we we're very welcoming, and as long as they keep our ethics and values and morals moving forward, then they're welcome to stay. It's a market like we haven't seen in many others. I mean, here in the Northeast, uh, you know, we're coming to you from Massachusetts. 
We live in Newburyport, north of Boston. We've been in the Boston market for a long time. We know New Hampshire pretty well. It's been, you know, I can't even say slow and steady. It's just been steady, 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 steady. It keeps going. I mean, like Rory, you you see the market a little more closely than we do. You know, we know that there is inventory constraints here. We know prices keep going up. Affordability is a challenge, um, but it's another great place to live. I mean, like those things wouldn't happen if people didn't want to be here, just like in Idaho, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. This market, I mean, we could spend the whole hour just talking about that and how different markets work. Um, I think the big story here is internally within the Northeast, how with the patterns of people and where they've been moving from and to um, over the past few years. But let's not get down that road because we want to we want to make sure that we're uh, speaking to all agents out there across the country. Mm-hmm. So Andrew, talk about some of the work that you've done with real estate agents. You've been in this space for quite some time. You've probably seen their mindsets change over time. Um, where are things right now? What what's what are some of the important things on people's minds and how are you helping them? Well, I think uh, right now what I'm seeing more than ever is a lot of agents are feeling pressure from two different fronts and it's their business and it's their personal life. And I love getting in front of the one who feels like they're at rope's end and they're wondering which one's going to snap first. Is it my career or is it my relationship, my family, my fitness, my spirituality? And they don't feel like they can win in both arenas. And I'm here to say that you absolutely, positively, 100% can be successful at home in your career. I would argue that you can't do one or the other. I mean, you can do one or the other temporarily, but if you want to have any sort of sustainable success in your career or happiness in your personal life, both need to be working for you. Right. The way that works, Rory, is that your business will only grow to the extent that you do. It it is a reflection of you. You created it, right? Like it's your baby. And if you're not taking care of you, then that baby is not going to be taken care of either. So- One of the things I want to talk about is how people can prevent getting burnt out in this space, especially in the market that we are in right now. What do you tell agents that say to you, like, listen, I haven't had a deal in months. I don't have any listings. Like our clients are coming up against 40 different offers when they submit, you know, their offer and they're submitting a hundred thousand over asking and still not getting it. How do you keep that encouragement up? Let's take market patterns and talk about other patterns like weather patterns, economic patterns, uh, relationship patterns. They all feel turbulent at times. And the only thing that is common as a denominator in all of those things is you. You're the common denominator. You are experiencing that market. You're experiencing that seasonal change, that storm, whatever it is that's going on in your life. Like You're it. And when it comes to turbulent times in whatever area of life that that may be, the thing that grounds us the most and allows us to weather the storm is being rooted, being grounded to something that's bigger than whatever it is that you're going through. And that's where I always love to start with someone is what's going on internally and where are you finding your purpose and passion? What is that life mission that's grounding you? So that's where I start with the person that wants to talk about, you know, the 40 offers. Like I say, you know, let's, let's go internal first so we can take care of what's happening externally. Mm-hmm. This is something that you go into with your book, Strength of the Oak, Strength of the Willow. Did I get the order right of that? You got it. Yeah. yeah. What's the, the analogy? Obviously, you know that the oak is a strong 
tree that's grounded, you know, grows for many, many years. The willow, you know, we all know what a willow tree looks like, but, you know, talk a bit about that analogy and how we could implement those different strengths in our lives. Sure. So let me tell you where the analogy came from. I once had a coach who said to me, Andrew, you have incredible oak-like strength. I said, thanks. What does that mean? (laughs) And before he explained, he said, you need a little bit more willow-like strength. And I said, okay, well, what does that mean? And he taught me, right, that an oak before it does anything else, it sends a taproot vertically down to a source of water before it ever sends out horizontal roots or upward you know, shoots. And so it has that grounded source of strength and it provides nutrients for up to you know thousands of years. We don't know how old some of these oaks are actually. And it's one of the hardest woods. It's one of the most resilient to disease and it doesn't really have any predators. So that oak-like strength, I sum up in the word courage, commitment, and being bold in our, in our life mission and the values and principles that we're moving toward. So we know people that have an oak-like strength. You're thinking of them as I describe these attributes right now. And he said, what you also need is willow-like strength. A willow's strength is not in that it never moves in a storm, but it moves with the storm. It allows the winds to tear through And when the branches fall, guess what? When those branches go into the ground, they send forth new shoots and it produces new life. And so it's never losing. It's always winning as it's compassionate. That's the word that I use to describe that strength below. It's willing to lose and and to have some grace in the process and, and to feel the feels and go through the hurts. So that's the analogy of the strength of the oak and the strength of the willow. You know, when you're coaching somebody and you're taking kind of this this analogy and these, you know, competing attributes. Um, walk me through the introspection um, that your your clients would um, experience. As you know, how do they take a moment to stop? And how do what's the process of um, of thinking through this, um, connecting with their why? You now, the the process is the degree to which I can ask the powerful questions that help them discover what's missing. So that first question is, why are you here? Who is it that you believe you are called to serve that may be praying for and yearning for you to come in as a hero in their story so that you can be the guide to pull them out of victimhood? And we all have a call. We have a mission. There are those on this earth that we know we can serve maybe better than anyone else. So that's where we start as we begin to identify what this life mission is. And I mean, you kind of tapped on a word there, um, victimhood. And, you know, I'll confess in my businesses and everything in the past too, I found myself clinging to, to that in a negative sense, the, the market did this or the circumstances aren't working out in my favor. And there's kind of an attachment you feel like, that the outside world um, is taking away your agency. How do you remind somebody to take agency over their own affairs um, in their own business? Well, here's my story, okay? 10 years ago this month, and at the time of the recording, this is August 2023, uh, 10 years ago this month, I was at the height of my late 20s. I was getting my master's degree in education. I'd been a teacher for six years with teenage kids, just loving pouring into them. I'd been married for almost six, seven years, and we had two little girls. We didn't know that a third one was about to be born because we didn't know the gender, but it ended up being a little girl born in August, and everything was amazing. We were being transferred back to our hometown of Boise, Idaho, and I was loving life. 
And we had our challenges and struggles, but we were working through them, I thought. Uh, within a six-week period, I got my master's. We had baby girl number three. We moved back to our hometown, and my wife asked that we separate. And here I am now living in my parents' basement. This also meant that a career change needed to happen. And I had this baby girl that I was not able to hold and be with every day like I had planned. And this was my dark night of the soul where I believed I had failed God, my wife, and my daughters, and that my life mission had 100, totally, 100% completely failed. And it was in that moment that I picked up a book, Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankl, who was a survivor of Nazi concentration camps. And I read in that book, and I put it in the beginning of my book as well, this quote. He said about living in those prisons, there were always choices to make. Every day, every hour, offered the opportunity to make a decision. A decision which determined whether you would or would not submit to those powers which threatened to rob you of your very self, your inner freedom, which determined whether or not you would become the plaything of circumstance, renouncing freedom and dignity to become molded into the form of the typical inmate. I made a decision in that moment that I was not going to allow anyone or any situation to take away my inner freedom and determine the outcome of my life. And we all have to make that decision. Will I own and take not just ownership, but extreme ownership of the outcomes of my life? When you tell such a, a personal and vulnerable story like that, is this something that you're sharing with your clients or in the speaking engagements that you do or when you're talking to uh, individuals, teams of agents uh, as a way of keeping the conversation going or kicking off a conversation to really kind of have that inner thought? How does a conversation like that or a um, yeah. story like that factor into everything? It's not my icebreaker. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Although it is chapter one of my book. Yeah. So uh, it comes when it needs to come. And I am not in the business. My life mission is not to uh, to be an influencer. I want to impact the world. And people are you know, they're, they're often impressed, right, by our successes, but it's our failures that truly impact and move them to take action and make changes. So I will share that when I'm speaking. It's not the first thing I share. And I always, my coaching clients, they know where I came from, but it certainly isn't the, uh, the first thing I lead with in a, when I'm building a relationship of trust with people. You know, I wonder, people don't like to talk about their failures that much. You know, it's, we certainly don't see that from the influencers of the world. Or maybe they do, and that's kind of their whole their whole shtick, right? You know, that's where it, but we all have failures. We all have bad things that happen to us. But, you know, it's a matter of how can we move forward beyond that? And how can we take a situation that maybe wasn't ideal, whether our basement got flooded, you lost a job, you know, you lost a loved one. Uh, a company closed, and then how do you move? How do you move to the next chapter? You know, it's it's not easy to do, but everybody does it. Well, it's it's a simple shift in mindset. And you said something there that people often say, Jason. You say when bad things happen to us, and and my my simple reframe there is when bad things happen for us, and when we go to the the analogy of the tree. 
we understand that a part of a tree's strength comes from what's called stress wood. Have you two ever heard that term before? This is so works, yeah. I'm guessing your listeners haven't either. But they found out that if, if a tree was grown in a biodome, which they did, they did this in Arizona, and they had these scientists that decided to go live in this biodome for like a few years, and they were just going to live off of everything that they could produce literally in this dome. And what they found was that plants and trees, everything grew super fast because it you know, was totally nourished and had everything that it needed. And then they would die. And what they realized was they had not accounted for wind within that biodome. And a tree develops stress wood because it experiences the opposition of the wind to help strengthen it. And you can see within the rings of a tree at different times when it experienced extreme stressors of turbulence and wind and storm based on the kind of wood that it was able to produce at that time. So if we can make the simple shift of why is this happening to me to why is this happening for me, then we can find the strength that's grounding us and building something that we maybe have never had that will allow us to live you know, into our greatest potential like an oak and a willow might do as well. It sounds like this is kind of a great analogy for the idea that your life and your growth happens outside of your comfort zone. Um, and, you know, when I'm working with agents, there's a, a pattern for people to kind of retreat back to the familiar, particularly when um, things aren't going the, the way that they had hoped. And, you know, part of the toughest thing that I have um, as a broker is working with the agents to become motivated to build the human connections that they need um, and to, to plan for the future. You know, how can we in these roles motivate our agents um, to step outside of their comfort zone and to make more connections with people? Yeah. So as a teacher, that was my background before I got into uh, real estate and coaching and speaking. As a teacher, I hated other teachers that would use external you know, motivation things like, you know, even grades, I hate grades, grades or rewards or ice cream parties, right? Gold stars, candy bars, whatever you want to call them. And when we look at the word motivate, it comes from the Latin word movere, which means to move. And nothing truly makes you move outside of yourself. It's an internal decision. And so as a leader, as a parent, as any mentor relationship that we have with someone who has trusted us to guide them, we have to help them identify what it is that brings life and grounds them like an oak is grounded with their taproot. We have to figure out what that is. And the degree to which we can do so is the degree to which we can move people because they're moving themselves internally and then they create the external rewards. Mm -hmm. Are, are these topics that you cover when you're working with teams of real estate agents? I know that in some of uh, some of what I've read about you, you talk about the seven deadly sins. Yeah. Um, what are, are they? The same seven deadly sins that we all know, or <laughs> no? Because that would no one would buy that book. Um, well, I'll just share one of the set, seven deadly sins, and uh, they can find the others out another time. Uh, one of the seven deadly sins that I, I call cheating on yourself. And it's where we believe that our identity is wrapped up in our title, our sales, our income, our accolades, the awards, the praise, the likes, the reviews. And we 
begin to create this ego, which is a false identity. And we forget who we truly are. And we don't have that grounding to our life mission. And I think all of us, including myself, fall prey to this seven deadly sin of cheating on yourself. And uh, it's, it's sad to see, and very few are able to overcome this one. But it's where I always start, by helping them plug into that purpose, that passionate life mission, which is always about service. Who is it? that you know you're called a servant, what are those unique gifts and talents that you can provide for them that maybe no one else can? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do identify ourselves uh, in relationship to our professions way too often, don't we? Right. Yeah. And it's tough, you know, when you lose that identity also. You know, something that I've talked about on, on this podcast is, you know, last year I was told that my position was no longer at my full-time job. Um. But that's okay because we were doing real estate investing on the side and it became the full-time thing that we were doing. And we knew we were going to do that anyway, uh, but I think I needed them to tell me that it was time to leave. And I said, okay, well, I'm not going to identify as this anymore as my life because that's what some people knew me as. Um, but all these new people who I've met over the past year you know, or longer than a year, they only know me as what I am now. Right. Which I find fascinating. You know, because I've, I mean, I was you know, a couple of calls before we hit record on this and they were all people in the short-term rental space who is basically my new world and my new, my new network. And I didn't know these people a year ago, but like, I feel, I find that they're all very instrumental in my life and my mindset going forward, because I, I don't believe in dwelling in the past. I love where we've been. Right. I love the people I've met, the things that we've all done. But it it doesn't make sense to me to harbor, you know, the good old days or the resentment of anything or what things could have been because I see the pathway forward as, you know, much brighter than, you know, the pathway behind me. So all these new people who I've met, who I see them as like my new network, like it's exciting to be with these folks again, right? I mean, it's like rejuvenating. Is that the type of... um mindset that you're that you're hoping that people can kind of see or that you're helping them work toward uh in you know such a turbulent time that we have absolutely uh, imagine a tree thinking about its first days sprouting through the ground and uh you know reaching light for the first time when it's 87 years old going through a thunderstorm mm -hmm. it's ridiculous Nature is such a beautiful instructor for how to live our lives. Now, what what happens in the thunderstorm is it you know, goes to its roots and it connects there. And your roots are not your past. Your roots are what you're drawing from a source of nutrition and water and strength now. So rather than allowing the past to define us, what we're doing is we're allowing it to refine us and we're drawing from the strength that it provided and it grounds us in the now. And so the degree to which we can be present grounded in the now with a vision of what this is going to do for us in the future is the degree to which we will thrive and we will not just, um, you know, make it through, we will thrive through and create opportunities as leaders that others say, I need him or her in my life. That's the kind of person that I can trust. And we're now the hero of our story rather than the villain or the victim. We get to be the guide now, 
the uh, Mr. Miyagi or the Yoda to pull others through their hero's journey. Yeah. As well. Andrew, this kind of mindset work is important for people that are making uh, you know, transitions in their lives professionally or you know personally, but also for people that are they're set in in their ways or they're set in their position. Um, you know, sometimes we get so focused on the day to day. You know, this report has to get done. I have to go read this thing. I have to go have that meeting. This recurring appointment. This Zoom meeting that's on my calendar every day. You kind of forget to take a step back and and see the why and see the bigger picture sometimes. But when events like a layoff happens or um, a divorce or a separation or you know the analogy I've given, which is also a tree analogy, if if lightning strikes a tree in a forest, it falls. You know, but on the forest ground, more trees will grow from it, and they couldn't grow when that big tree was covering up their source of light. Would you recommend that people kind of have this? you know, in internal conversation and, and this mindset work, both while they're in a good spot in what they're doing in life or work and whether there's a transition or is this just good work to do when, you know, things are changing? Yeah, but always because we're either doing it ourselves or we're helping someone else, whether it's a child, right? Or a team member or a neighbor, a friend, someone we go to church with, like we're always going through it. Neither personally or as the guide and having that top of mind awareness pulls us and others through you don't maybe have a position that says you're a leader and we all are you lead you and you lead those that trust you yeah um, i want to get to our final questions we ask of all of our guests here on the podcast but rory uh what kind of final thoughts do you have for um everything that andrew's talked about and the work that he does well, you know, I don't want to belabor um, the willow and oak analogy, but I want to also hear the strength of the willow. Um, there is kind of a a strength in kind of continuing to evolve um, throughout your life. Um, circumstances change, things change, you change, um, and being able to move with that, not cling to um, kind of a static position or a static thought or what was great for me today might not be um, what I want what I want to be tomorrow. And that means that this process of introspection can't isn't just a one-time project that you figure things out and then you move on from there. Uh, when I visualize the willow, it's something that happens over time. It's a continual process uh, that you're always undertaking. Yep. You nailed it. And the word that I love to use with the willow is surrender. And surrender doesn't mean we give up. It comes from the French word sur, which means over, and rendre, which means to give. So we're not giving up. It's not a white flag of failure. We're giving it over to a higher power. We're giving it over to the universe or to God, whatever you believe created you. And when we give things over, like a relief pitcher who takes the ball from the starting pitcher, the starting pitcher didn't lose. They got the team exactly where they need to be for that relief pitcher to come in and close the game. I know you guys live in the Northeast, so you got to love baseball, right? So uh, we, we have a reliever, and that reliever is either a guide, it's a spiritual uh, being, someone that you trust in. And when we surrender, like the willow, we are able to draw from a greater source than our own, not from a place of giving up, from a place of just turning it over, giving it back mm -hmm. to you know, someone and something far greater than ourselves. Well, Rory just got us Red Sox tickets for Sunday. 
So, there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, by the time this episode comes out, they won't be playing anymore this year because this <laughs> is probably going to be released in October and, and their season will yeah. have been long ended. Andrew, let's get to our final couple of questions. We asked these of all of our guests just as a way to you know wrap up the interview and learn a little bit more about you. And, and then I'll mention the book and, and the special offer that you have coming up. First of these questions, if you could get on stage for half an hour and talk about any subject in the world with zero preparation, what would that be? I would talk about the potential that's within you and a life mission to serve others. And so you can have clarity on that. And uh, if I were to die and you had clarity on that, I'd feel like I could stand before my maker and say, I did everything I could with my last 30 minutes. <laughs> well, hopefully that, those aren't the final 30 minutes of your life, but they'll be 30 minutes well spent. Second question, tell us something that happened early in your life or career that impacts the way that you're working today. Yeah, I have been blessed with incredible parents. I am privileged 100% and I have them to thank for their examples of hard work and loving others through serving. And I've watched my parents consistently and persistently show up for other people in a way and they do it to this day as they're now in their 70s. And I'm forever grateful for their example of uh, just extreme hard work and loving others through service. And we've talked about parenthood a lot on this podcast because I think that a lot of people that come on, they have that same service mindset where they, they have, they've answered the why, which is often, you know, to provide for their family, whether it's money or, or a good experience or a good lesson. And, you know, we, uh, as, as parents, you know, we have a four-year-old and we have to keep reminding ourselves that she's watching everything, right? And then she's picking everything up now. So we want to set good examples, both of what we do and what we say. And, you know, it's, you don't have to sit down and teach a child a lesson. They, they will absorb that lesson, you know, based on our behavior as parents. So it's great that your parents have, um, you know, were rocks in your life that you were able to absorb that both from what you observed and when they sat you down and taught you lessons, <laughs> right? Uh, final question we have for you, Andrew, is tell us something you're listening to or watching or reading these days, anything in the world. I love Dr. Wayne Dyer. He has um, been gone from this world for a few years. And I, I love any of his 41 books that he wrote throughout his lifetime. My favorite being, I just finished his autobiography for the second time. And uh, it's called, I Can See Clearly Now. And autobiographies give you the behind the scenes of everything that they teach and present, you know, on, on stage. And those behind the scenes are what really make, make the man or make the woman who that who they are today. So I love Dr. Wayne Dyer. Well, maybe you'll get up to 41 books at some point. There you go. Um, I encourage you all to check out Andrew's book, uh, strength of the Oak strength of the willow. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. And if you have enjoyed this conversation, uh, Andrew is so kind to be offering up uh, some free coaching or free conversations for the first three people who will email him. We'll put all the information in the show notes, um, link to your website and uh, link to your social media and lots of great ways that you can learn more about the work that Andrew does. Um, Rory, where can people find out about you? Um, I'm easy to find. Just go to RoryGill.com and you'll find different ways to get in touch with me, all the projects that I'm working on and the different ways that I can help you. All right. And free consultation, right? Uh, well, t take a look at what I've got, depending on depending what I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andrew, thank you so much for the conversation today. Uh, it's been a pleasure to get to know you. Um, and best of luck with the book and, you know, all your speaking engagements and your coaching work. Uh, it's, it's a really good, deep mindset 
exercises that I think a lot of us should really go through, you know, before we go ahead and do the stuff that we're doing, it's figuring out why we're doing it in the first place. So thank you for your time. Thank you, Gates. And thank you, Roberto. And to the listener, thank you. Go serve someone. All right. Uh, if you have questions for me, please reach out Jason at nexthometitletown.com. Uh, happy to pass on information to Andrew or to Rory answer any questions that came up on this podcast uh, or even schedule you. If you'd like to be a guest on this podcast, uh, let us know and we'll see what we can do with the schedule. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your reviews and your comments and we look forward to talking to you next time. Bye.